0: All right, good morning. You can have a seat. Before we jump into God's Word today, I just have a few things that that I want to tell you about. Um, first of all, we have some super VIP people here with us today, and uh, all of them just came from Florida. And so one of them is our district superintendent, Pastor Bob Mahaffey, was just visiting Florida. Could you, if you're new, if you're new here. Uh, then you may not know that Pastor Bob was the pastor of this church for about 15 years and has been the district superintendent for Southwest Ohio for a while. And so we're thankful that he got to be with us today. He's also Pastor Dad to me. That's my dad. Uh, But also next to him is some very special guests. Um, Pastor Deb and Brian Crabtree are with us. You want to welcome them? And they didn't... They weren't just visiting Florida, they live there now. So if you're very, very new to us, then you might not know that Pastor Deb just retired from here about a month and a half ago, and they moved down to Florida. So we're, we're thankful to have you guys here, uh, really special guests here. It's always great to see special guests, isn't it? But these are extra special guests. So make sure you take a chance after service if you can and, and say hi. Uh, other thing I want to do is tell you some cool things that are happening in the church, Um Yesterday, we had the opportunity to share our space. I don't know if if you know this or not, but this building is used almost every single day. There's something going on in this building. So about a month ago, we had a really cool opportunity. About a month ago, another church, the Penuel Church, reached out and said, hey, we love your sanctuary. We love the front of your sanctuary. Would it be possible for us to come and record some music uh, for our choir and our worship team there at your church? And we said, absolutely. So yesterday, for about five hours, Penuel Church, which is an African um, Nazarene church up in Dayton, and God is doing some incredible things in that church, and they're growing. And we had the opportunity to just share this space here, and they came for about five hours and were singing songs in African. It was wonderful. It was awesome. And I just want to say thanks to Pastor Shane, uh, who took time on a Saturday to come and be a part of that. And my kids were actually, it was the Mahaffey film crew and we were sitting on all the cameras. Um, But but I want you to know that that we as a church, upward, outward, forward, is not just about each individual person. We as a church want to help everybody grow in their faith. We want to spread the gospel and we want to reach our community and beyond any way we can. And that means we will partner with churches, that that means we'll do anything we can. This space is a gift from God, it's God's space, and we're gonna share it as much as we can and forward, we're gonna invest in the future. So, so thank you um, for everything that you do to make that happen. And then I wanna say, this is kind of maybe a selfish thing, I wanna say a special thank you today. Uh, my son, told myself I wasn't gonna to cry today, that's always a losing proposition. My son, Eli, he's here, there we go. This might seem selfish, but, but I want you to know that I'm so proud of my boy. Um, He is at the church all the time. And yesterday, he was here helping video the Penuel Church, and then we went and had some Thanksgiving um, at some family. But but after that, he said, I got to go back to church because we got to get the lights up and we got to make sure it looks good. And so then he came back here last night and was here past 10 o'clock, which is not abnormal for him. So I just may be selfish, but I want to say thank you. And I want to say this. He's not the only one. There's so many of you that do so much for this church, and you're always here serving. And I just want to say thank you. This church is not a building. This church is not a pastoral staff. This church is a group of followers of Christ who are doing their best to serve the kingdom and build the kingdom. So thank you for doing that. We're going to continue our series today, He Changes Everything and He changes everything, is really talking about the changes that the Holy Spirit makes in our hearts and our lives. So this is kind of our theme statement here. Walking with Christ means being transformed into His image. If you are walking with Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, then you are called not just to say a prayer and and accept Him as your Savior, but you're called to walk with Him. He fills you with His Spirit, and if you're walking with Him daily, you're going to be transformed into His image. So through this, we're looking at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And so if you'll stand with me, we're going to read Galatians 5, to 25. And we stand because this is God's Word. And more so than I stand here and speak to you, God is here. And the very Spirit of God wants to speak to you today. So we're standing because we want to receive His Word. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You can have a seat. So, So these are the fruits of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And today we're talking about self-control. Self-control is the idea, or another word they use for it is temperance, is, is the idea, uh, the virtue of one who masters their desires and passions. Somebody who has control over their desires and passions. So there was a couple. Their names were Bill and Helen. Those are That's not anyone in here. Okay, Bill and Helen, and they went to the fair. And and Bill and Helen had been married for quite a long time, and they went to the fair one year, and there was a helicopter pilot there, and he was giving out helicopter rides for $50. Now, Bill had always wanted to be in a helicopter ride, but had never gotten the opportunity. So here they are at the fair, and he, he goes to Helen, and he says, hey, honey, wife, I've never been in a helicopter ride, and for $50, they're giving helicopter rides. Can we do this? And, and Helen looked at Bill, and she said, I'm sorry, we can't, because $50 is $50. And Bill said, okay, all right, I get it, and he walked away kind of upset. And he thought his his opportunity had passed. But then the next year, they came back to the fair. And wouldn't you know, there was the helicopter pilot. And there was the helicopter. And once again, he's giving rides for $50. And Bill's excited. He's like, she said no last year. She can't say no this year. So he goes to Helen and he says, Helen, my beautiful wife, we didn't get to last year. But this year, I've never gotten to go in a helicopter. Could we please go in the helicopter? It's 50 bucks. And Helen looked at Bill and said, I'm sorry, but $50... Is $50, we can't do it. And Bill was bummed, he was upset. And so they, they left and he thought his opportunity had passed again. But the next year, they came back to the fair a third time and sure enough, there's the helicopter, there's the helicopter pilot, 50 bucks. And, and Bill's like, this is gonna be it. And, and so, so he goes to Helen and he says, Helen, come on, third time's a charm. I've never been on a helicopter, it's only 50 bucks. Can we go on the helicopter ride? And Helen said, I'm sorry, Bill. But $50 is $50. Now, there was something different this third year. The pilot actually overheard the conversation, and so the pilot came to Bill and Helen, and he said, hey, I heard your conversation, and I've got an offer for you. He said, I will let you take the ride for free, but if you make any noise, any sound whatsoever, then you have to pay me $50. And Bill looked at Helen, and Helen looked at Bill, and she said, okay. So they got in the helicopter and they took off, and the helicopter pilot knows he wants to get his $50, so he's just going crazy. He's doing every maneuver he possibly can. He's flipping around. He's doing all this stuff and nothing. They're completely quiet, and he's trying so hard to get that money. He finally lands, and and he looks at Bill, and he says, man, Bill, that was the greatest Example of self-control I've ever seen. How in the world did you manage not to make a single sound? I'm so impressed you have earned this free ride and Bill looked at him and said Well, you know, I almost said something when Helen fell out, but you know $50 is $50 He had some self-control Today we're talking about self-control and here's what I want you to know the Spirit wants to help you grow in self-control. It's kind of relative, isn't it? Like, if you know, we're pretty good at self-control in some things and not others. But the Spirit wants to help you grow in self-control. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And, and, and so, the Spirit that's living in us wants to grow self-control in our lives. The, the Greek word there that's translated self-control is actually two words put together and, and those, those root words mean in power in power So I want you to get this picture self-control is being in power or in control having power over your desires and passions so there's two ways this can go you can have self-control you can be in power over your desires and passions or if you don't have self-control you are under the power of your desires and passions and you know this is true if you've ever, if you've ever struggled with something. Maybe, maybe you've got a compulsive habit. Maybe I talk about what I struggle with way too much. I'm not going to do it today. But, but maybe there's something in your life and it just feels like it has a power over you and you have no self-control. Listen, the Spirit is with us and wants to help us grow in self-control. So let me just ask you this. Is, is there something in your life? You don't have to. I'm not going to make you turn and share it with your neighbor. But is there a place in your life where you struggle with self-control? I've had several people through this series come to me and say, man, this, one is, the, this series is just really tough. All these, all these scriptures and messages are just really working on me. And I'm just going to guess that there's a lot of us in here today that self-control is something that is a big issue for us. I got good news for you today. The Spirit is here. And the Spirit wants to help you grow in self-control. i, I got to be honest with you. There's, there's, I'm not going to share all my stuff. I usually do. And you guys are thinking, you haven't shared it all. You're really messed up. But the Spirit is helping me grow in self-control. And so we're going to look at two scriptures today. Hebrews chapter 4 and 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start with Hebrews 4. And it starts with Jesus. So you can follow along on the screen. It says, Therefore... So the first thing I want you to see right here in Hebrews chapter 4 is that we have a Savior, we have a great high priest that knows what we've been through, that has walked in the same place as us and wants to help us. That's what Hebrews chapter 4 says. Sometimes we're in a situation where we don't share things with others or we don't go to somebody for help because we think they don't know what we're going through. There are a lot of leaders or, or people in life that, you know, we think they're disconnected. And and we read the beginning of the scripture, and it says we have a great high priest who's ascended to heaven, who's sitting at the throne. I mean, it gives you this lofty picture of Jesus. But it says, He knows, he knows what we're going through. But not only does Jesus know, it says, We we don't have one who can't empathize, but we have one who knows. It then says, we have one who's been tempted and tried in every way, just like us. So, so Jesus knows what you're going through when we talk about temptation and struggle and self-control. But not just that, Jesus is our example of self-control. He faced the same temptations and desires that we face, and he was able to live without sin. And so we have a great high priest. We have a savior. We have Jesus. The spirit of God that lives in us is the spirit of Jesus. And the great high priest, the spirit that lives in us, God, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity, they know what we've walked through. But not only do they know, they've walked, Jesus walked through it. He became flesh. He walked this earth and he felt the very things that we feel. We feel he's our example. Matthew chapter 4 talks about the temptation in the wilderness, where, where the devil comes to Jesus, the tempter. And he tries to tempt him, tempt Jesus, and he, he tempts him in three different ways. And Jesus experiences the same temptation that we do. Jesus is not some, you know, he is fully God at the throne, ascended to heaven. He is God. But that doesn't mean he's disconnected from us. He knows us and he's walked in the same spot. Jesus faced the same temptations and did it without sin. I think of the Garden of, of Gethsemane when, when Jesus knows that he's headed to the cross. And what does he do? He, he prays out to the Father and he says, Father, if there's any way for this cup to pass, if there's any way that I could get out of this, let me do it. See... That, that's a human response, isn't it? We think of Jesus as God and He's fully separated. And, and listen, there, there's some truth to that, but He knows us and He's walked in our shoes and He is our example. He faced temptation. He faced trials. And He walked through them without sinning, without failing, that leads us to the next part of the scripture. It says, let us then approach the th- God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, not only does he know us, not only has he walked in our shoes, not only has he experienced the struggles that, we've exper- that we experienced, but through Jesus, we can receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. That's what the, the word of God tells us. He knows us, He's walked in our shoes, and He's there to help us. It says we can approach the throne of grace boldly, and we can get what we need in the midst of our struggles. So not only is He our example, but He's our power He's the very power. Jesus is the only one that's walked this earth and not given in to temptation. He's the only one that's ever walked this earth and not sinned. And now he's ascended to heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of God. He's on the throne, and he's there to help us. And he's given us his spirit. And so so he knows us. He knows what we've been through. He's walked through it. And he is our power. To help us have self-control. There are a lot of different places we can turn, and there are a lot of places we do turn to try to get self-control. And listen, some of these are not bad places. Sometimes we go to a pastor. We think if we go to the pastor, that will help us. And, and listen, I trust all of the pastors at this church, and I would say I trust almost all the pastors in the world. Most of them that I know. I trust them. That's not a bad place to go. There, you know, there's, there's counselors, Counseling is not a bad place to go. Sometimes we need that help, and I'm not against that, but I want you to understand that the number one place, the number one power we have over self-control is Jesus Christ. And so, we need to approach the throne with boldness, with confidence, and He will help us. Have you guys seen those Capital One commercials where Charles Barkley's standing on the playground with a bunch of little kids and they're picking who's going to be on their team and they pick Charles Barkley and it, and it says, yeah, it's that easy. Have you seen the one with Derek Jeter where they're trying to get a pinch hitter and there's Derek Jeter on the bench and, and that's the guy they call on or the, maybe you're a rock and roll, they have Slash and they're trying to get a, a lead guitarist and it's that easy. Listen, we often go to so many different places to try to help us in our battle for self-control. The place we should go first is Jesus Christ. He knows us. He's walked where we've walked, and He's there to help us in our time of need. He is our power towards self-control. Now, now once again, I want to say this. There is nothing wrong with getting help other places. I believe, we believe, that, that Jesus is fully capable of healing whatever it is we've got going on. But that is not a cop-out for us to do what we need to do. So I just want to be really clear when I say this. I'm not advocating that we just say, oh, I'm going I'm to forget about all the other avenues of help, and I'm going to go to Jesus. You should go to Jesus first, and then you should do everything you can, everything you can to, to participate, to be a part of what Jesus is doing. And, and so Jesus is our power towards self-control, which leads us to 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His his very great and precious promises so that through them we might participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. That sounds a lot like self-control, doesn't it? By His power, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through these, He's given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And perseverance, godliness. And godliness, mutual affection. And mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's work through this really quick. So the first text tells us that, that Jesus is our great high priest, that he's ascended to heaven, that he's sitting at the right hand, and, and he knows us, He's walked where we've walked, and He's there to help us to be our power. And then in 2 Peter chapter 1, it works perfectly with it. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. His divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Can I just stop for a second and say, I am so thankful for our doctrine in the church of the Nazarene? And and I don't mean to disparage other churches, but there are some that believe that we are just low-down, rotten sinners, we are just scum, and there is nothing that we can do to get past our struggles. We can't live a godly life. We just have to trust that God's going to accept us anyway. And, And so, I love the Church of the Nazarene because we believe that God has called us to a holy life. We believe that we're not just called to accept Him as our Savior, but that He is calling us to a godly life, to live righteous, to live holy. And this tells us that His divine power has given us everything we need to live the godly life. It tells us that through these things, we can participate in the divine nature. We can escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. The understanding here is that we can get past our temptations and struggles. We can fully surrender to Jesus, and His divine power can make us holy and righteous. So I got good news for you today. If you've been fighting a battle... If you've been fighting a self-control battle for a while, His divine power has given us everything we need. Not only can we live a holy and godly life, but we are called, we were created to live a holy and godly life. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need. This is an important part. Through knowledge of Him. Now let's talk about that. His divine power has given us everything we need through knowledge of Him. Let's talk about that word knowledge. That word there is not the word that, it doesn't mean that we read something in a book and now we know it. That's not the knowledge. This isn't just head knowledge. This isn't memorization. This isn't some disconnected knowledge. The, the word knowledge there actually is a, an experiential knowledge or relational knowledge. This, what this is saying is, His divine power has given us everything we need through knowing Him and experiencing Him and walking with Him. Every week we've ended by saying, since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. We have a Savior that walks with us every day, and His divine power has given us everything we need to have self-control, to grow in the fruits of the Spirit To be godly and holy through knowing and experiencing Him. How do we do that? Well, the last text told us we approach the throne of grace. There are some altars down here. These are kind of a special place. There's nothing magical about them, but but they're a special place. These are a place that we can approach if there's something we need to pray about. They're a special place that we can come and we can talk to our Savior and hear from our Savior. Now listen, I want to be really clear. These altars are not like a magic potion or anything like that. They're just a special place that you can approach the throne. But I want you to understand this. You can approach the throne of grace anytime, anywhere, if you're a follower of Christ. He's with you. His Holy Spirit lives in you. And so in the same way that sometimes we will walk forward to an altar to approach the throne of grace, What this is saying is we need to experience him. We need to walk with him. We need to approach him. We need to approach the throne of grace for help. We need to approach the throne of grace for his grace and mercy. And so his divine power has given us everything we need. Through what? Through not just knowing about him, but knowing him. And walking with him, verse eight, five, 5 through 8 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance, and perseverance godliness, and godliness mutual affection, and mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, For this reason, so, we have a great high priest who knows us, who's walked in our shoes, who's available to us. We can approach the throne boldly, not just when we're in a church and there's altars here. We can approach the throne of grace anytime, any day. We can go to Jesus. Therefore, for this reason, make every effort. Basically, what it says, instead of reading the rest of it, make every effort to continue to grow, to continue to mature. To continue to deepen, add to your faith goodness, goodness knowledge, knowledge self-control. We are called to continue to approach the throne of grace and to continue to grow. Another thing I love about our beliefs is that we don't just believe that you say a prayer and you're there. We believe that there is a a consistent growth that God is calling us. And and we even believe that, that we believe in something called entire sanctification. And that's that we can be freed from the will to sin. That we can come to a place that we can be holy and righteous through the power of Jesus Christ. But that even is not the end of it. There's continued growth and maturity we are called to make every effort to continue to grow. What does that look like? Approaching the throne of grace. Our knowledge of Christ, I don't think it's a coincidence that knowledge and self-control are linked together. See, see knowing Him, experiencing Him, helps us grow in self-control. The more we know him, the more we experience him, the more we approach the throne of grace, the more we experience his grace and his mercy, the more we grow. So make every effort. You know what that means? That means the previous text said, come to him in your time of need. Did you know that you, you can come to Jesus even when you're not in need? Maybe some of you today are in a place of crisis and you're like, I I need Jesus, and the answer for you is to approach the throne of grace with confidence, and he's got what you need. But maybe some of you today are here and and you're saying, hey, I'm doing pretty well. The answer for you is to make every effort to continue to grow in your knowledge of him, continue to deepen your faith, your goodness, your fruits of the spirit, your self-control, it says in verse 8, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, increasing measure means we are called to grow in self-control. We're not just called to come to Jesus when when. We need something. We're not just called to come when, when we're in a crisis mode and we need to come back to him. We can go to him anytime and we can continue to grow. So, so here's the deal. Some of you may be struggling with something. Self-control may be an issue for you. There may be something in your life that you're really struggling uh, to, to have control over. Go to Jesus. Some of you may say, hey, I'm doing really well today. Make every effort to continue to grow in self-control because if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. You know what this is saying? That if you get to the place where you think you're okay and you stop approaching the throne and you stop going to Jesus because you think you're okay, that you can fall into ineffectiveness and not being productive in your faith. What does that look like? Well, it means you you won't be led to righteousness. Your faith won't lead to righteousness. It means your witness will be hurt. You can tell everyone about Jesus, but if you're not living for Christ, if you're not growing in your faith, they're going to say, what are you talking about? And and you're, you're, so it's not just that that you're not becoming like Jesus, but you're not a witness for Jesus. And the third thing is that you won't have the life that He has for you, life to the fullest. So, continue to grow. Make every effort to grow so that you will not be ineffective and unproductive in your walk with Christ. Proverbs 25 says, "'Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control.'" The picture there is, is that, that your walls are down, that if you lack self-control, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian 80 years, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you lack self-control, it's like your defenses are down. And at any point, something can come and pull you off the track. Continue to grow so that you don't become ineffective and unproductive in your walk with Christ. So, so once again... I don't know where you're at today. Worship team, why don't you come on up? I don't know where you're at today. Maybe some of you are in a real battle. I'm just going to guess that there are some people in here who are really struggling with self-control. Why why don't you guys stand? Maybe you today have been in just a a battle of self-control. Maybe there's something, maybe it's money, maybe it's lust, maybe maybe it's food, maybe it's pride, maybe it's anger, maybe it's bitterness, and there's something that just has a hold on you, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence, because He knows us. He's been where we are, and He is our power for self-control. So if you're here today and and you're you're in a place of struggle, of self-control, the answer is go to Jesus. But maybe some of you are saying, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I haven't said a bad word in a while. I haven't eaten too much. It was Thanksgiving, and I kept things under control. I've been keeping my spending. I'm, I'm doing really well. Make every effort, every effort to continue to grow in your faith. You know what the answer is for this person? Go to Jesus. So we're going to sing a song. It's called Nothing Else, and it's just talking about coming to Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to respond to his word. If today you're in a battle and, and you, need to, you need to just approach the throne, I want you to know these altars are a good place to do that. You can come in and pray at an altar. There's no shame in it. It's a special place that you can approach the throne of grace. But if you're all good today, don't sit there and let this miss you. Make every effort. This is an opportunity to approach the throne of grace to continue to grow in the fruits of the Spirit and self control. And Christ likeness. So today we're gonna to sing this song, and I wanna invite you. You can come to an altar, anybody can come. Doesn't matter what's going on, nobody's gonna judge you. This is a special place to come. If you wanna kneel at your seat, kneel at your seat. It doesn't matter to me how you respond, what matters is this. Today we have the opportunity to approach the throne of grace Amen. and to continue to grow. Yes. Father, I pray that you'd speak to each one of us. If there's something we need to deal with today, Lord, help us to deal with it. And if there's nothing we need to deal with today, Lord, help us to just come to you. Help us to approach the throne today. Speak to us, Lord. Help us to be obedient and respond to you and give us everything we need today to walk with you in holiness. In Jesus' name.